The following talk was given by Bear Gokon Bonabakar at Zen Mountain Monastery. Gokon is a senior monastic and dharma holder in the Mountains and Rivers Order. He serves as director of operations at Zen Mountain Monastery and also helps run the National Buddhist Prison Sangha. This talk, like all of our talks, is given free of charge. If you would like to make a donation or find out more about our various programs, visit us online at zmm.org. Thanks for listening. Master Dogen says, exerting oneself meticulously and unceasingly in various beneficial practices is called meticulous effort. Be precise, not careless. Proceed forward, do not regress. The Buddha says, if you practitioners exert meticulous effort, nothing will be difficult to accomplish. Therefore, you should make an effort to practice carefully. For when water flows constantly against a big rock, even a small amount of water will eventually dig out a large hole. But if one who practices becomes lax, it will be impossible to accomplish anything. It is like trying to start a fire by rubbing two sticks together. If you stop rubbing before the wood gets hot, you can't start a fire. This is what is meant by meticulous effort. So there are many teachings the Buddhist path about effort. There is the right effort of the Eightfold Path, right effort being appropriate effort. What is the appropriate effort of the necessary effort in meeting what we are meeting? In the Paramitas, there is virya, joyful effort, enthusiasm for practice, Vigor. Practice requires effort. Life requires effort. And so here in this teaching, exerting meticulous effort. This is the fourth of the eight awarenesses, a Mahayana teaching that is presented as the Buddha's last teaching before he um, came to the end of his life. Um, and Dogen took up this teaching, commented briefly on it, and I have been using a translation and some commentary from Izumi Roshi. And so what is it to be meticulous in our practice, meticulous in our zazen? Dogen says, be precise, not careless. Proceed forward, do not regress. How is it to be precise, to be careless? Do we know this in our own mind, in our own experience, in our own zazen, our own practice? What is it to proceed forward, to make progress? How do we know if we are making progress? As I was thinking about this thing that kind of so so effort in practice is the effort of how do we how do we actually bring ourselves to, to meet our mind, to meet ourselves, and then meeting ourselves, meeting our mind, learning to work skillfully with what we meet in our mind. So when we in Zazen are dull or sleepy. How do we brighten the mind, 
sharpen our awareness? How do we return to wakefulness? When our mind is agitated, caught up in thoughts, how do we settle it? How do we meet that mind? When a strong emotion or any emotion or pattern of thought arises in the mind, how do we meet that skillfully? How do we recognize? So as many of you know, this fall we've been studying Atisha's mind training phrases, more commonly known as the Lojong slogans. And in these teachings and the Tibetan Buddhist tradition that they are most commonly found in, there's this idea of, of there being an antidote, applying an antidote. And so in getting to know our own habits of mind, getting to know our mind, also learning, well, what is the antidote that we need at different times in meeting different minds? So when there is the first hint of sleepiness, I, I, I know I need to open my eyes, sharpen, and not go there, concentrate, right? Before I slip over the edge, pull myself back. I know that that requires clear seeing, awareness, and determination. Getting to know particular habits of thought. When we meet them, what is the antidote? And not to, um, it's not like there's an antidote to the poison, but just how do we meet it skillfully? This week I was, um, my mother had heart surgery a couple of days ago and I've been worried about her. And seeing that, and seeing how I'm, sometimes I'm, I'm sort of, have been sort of sitting worrying and, and seeing, oh, may she be well. I want her to be well. Learning an antidote, what is helpful. There are the many habits of thought that we turn to for comfort, for affirmation of some sort, to make ourselves feel better. As I was working on this, writing this, thinking, is that what all of our thoughts are actually about? How about the patterns of thought that make us feel bad, feel bad about ourselves? Recently, Shugen Roshi asked the question, in meeting those thoughts, to ask the question, what is the desire that you are fulfilling? It's an interesting question, right? What is that pointing to? Right? Kind of acknowledging there is some choice. There is some creation. We are creating something. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? And so in whatever we meet, there is always the simple practice, the kind of basic instruction, fundamental practice of just seeing and letting go, 
seeing the thought, whatever the thought is. All thoughts have the same nature, regardless of their content. So just seeing the thought, releasing, letting it go. And the teaching on antidotes, acknowledging that some thoughts need something different than others. Some patterns need something different than others. Would be more skillful, more effective maybe. There are times when when what we need is to be firm with ourselves. We all need this, I think, sometimes. And maybe some of us more than others. That's part of getting to know ourselves, right? The Buddha in this teaching talked about being lax. So if we know that about that ourselves, know that about ourselves, then how do we meet that? It takes effort and discipline to tame the mind, to train the mind. It takes effort. And so being meticulous is when you see that you're drifting, when you know that you're drifting, to kind of not go there. Be firm, right? See the thought and let it go. Concentrate, concentrate. But this being firm does not need to be hard, should not be hard, should not be tight. And there are other times when what we need is gentleness. I think we all need a lot of this in meeting ourselves, in meeting our habits, to meet them gently. Many of us kind of come to practice or have our kind of tight, our heart on ourselves. And so learning to loosen, letting go is loosening, learning to relax, to relax the mind, relax the body. This is certainly what I needed. It was a real turning point for me when I started to realize that what I needed was to be more gentle with myself. And when I started to practice that, things shifted, things changed. I was able to settle in a different way. I still need it. It is ongoing. And really, I think that this is what we're learning, is to relax body and mind. It doesn't mean being lax, as the Buddha says. It means letting go of all of our grasping, of our trying to control, to let go of creating and trust. This is not in conflict with concentration, with effort. And it may be hard to or take some time to find this relax the mind, relax the body in the form, in, in, in the kind of in the rigorous form that we take up. Kean said something a few minutes ago about how the form, the stillness, it holds us. It holds us, it's, it's meant to help hold us with our experience. 
just to like hold us with ourselves. And within that, to learn to relax, to let go, relax into ourselves, learn to not be in conflict with ourselves, with anything. What is the effort of letting go? It can be hard to let go. Why is it so hard to let go? It's just releasing. It is gentle. In his commentary to this teaching on exerting meticulous effort, Mazumi Roshi talks about vow and aspiration. Why is it that we put so much effort into practice? He talks a bit about the four vows, which we're all introduced to. We will chant them after this talk. The first being about others, simply a vow to help. I've always heard this as a reminder, right? I'm not alone. I'm not alone. We're not alone. Even in this solitary practice, we are not alone. My suffering, my liberation are tied up with everyone else, with others. And the other three vows are, are to ourselves to lessen our desires, to study and practice the Dharma well, these various beneficial practices that we are offered, and to realize, to realize the way. Maizumi Roshi says, what I want us to appreciate together is the nature of the direction these vows indicate for us. He says, being compassionate is difficult to comprehend. So what is the nature of the direction these vows indicate for us? Vow and aspiration. So what is your aspiration? Coming to practice, what is our aspiration? What are we trying to address? Suffering. And knowing that really only I can address that. Only you can address your suffering. I'm in pain. I'm confused. I'm not at peace. And I have to take care of this. And that's work that we do here. I was with one of the other seniors recently, and she was saying, you know, we just, we like work this, we have to like work this out here. And not to shy away from this, from that being what we're here for. I think sometimes we hear that, well, isn't that selfish? Isn't that self-centered? here to address suffering, to work things out here so that we can, to work things out. And how our aspiration may change over time or be, include different things. 
There is just wanting to know, to understand. And looking at aspiration, and also paying attention to when aspiration turns to ambition, or sort of shades into ambition. Being clear, what is it that we actually want? Kind of slipping into wanting to be recognized, wanting status. Are we competing? We used to here be always in seniority order. We would sit in seniority order. The list of residents and retreat participants was in seniority order. And some of us knew exactly where everyone was on that list and where we were on that list. Some of us. And it was very painful for me. There was a lot of suffering in comparing, perceiving myself to be less than, that I was somehow failing, worrying about how I was, how I compared, how I was seen. And it took time to just keep going and, and start to trust myself and see that's not what I'm here for. That's not what I'm here for. And realizing, well, my life is changing. My experience is changing. There is less struggle and being more gentle with myself, with others. It was like I didn't really know that that's what I was here for to be more inside of my life, to be inside of my life, to return to myself. So are we trying to get something? What are we trying to get? Is it outside? I see this sometimes in working with my teacher. And so if I'm working on something, go on, teaching where I'm presenting a line and seeing how sometimes I'm just kind of waiting to see, is he going to say yes or no? I just want to be approved, move on. Even when I haven't really, like, I know, and I haven't really understood something, I haven't seen something, what am I doing then? There's a slogan that says to abandon any hope of fruition. We want fruition, right? We want things to change, to transform. Judy Leaf in her commentary to this points out that the hope of success and the fear of failure go together. And so seeing and presenting something to my teacher, how I'm, I'm afraid, right? I'm afraid of being wrong. And again, is that what I'm there for? Always my teachers have sort of been more patient and trusting of myself than I am. They just want me to see. They just want us to see, to be free. Judy Leaf points out that this is, so this giving up hope, no hope, no fear, they say, is being in the present being here rather than 
fixated, looking for results. And so there's a tension here. There is wanting to know, there is wanting to transform. It takes great effort. And when we have an idea of what it's gonna be, when we're striving for that idea, trying to create something, it doesn't work. We get stuck. It's never the way we think it's gonna be. We kind of can't, it can't be. Dogen says, exerting oneself meticulously and unceasingly in various beneficial practices is called meticulous effort. The various kinds of beneficial practices. There are many different ways to work with ourselves, to kind of work from different angles, use everything we can to learn to use each practice kind of properly, skillfully. And so in Zen, the emphasis, the foundation is our sitting practice, is the direct seeing, the direct insight. It is sort of most likely there. I've been thinking as, as um, in working with these slogans, sometimes sort of looking, well, is this outside of Zen practice? Can I find this? Is this actually, is there something um, that I haven't been doing that sort of hasn't been, isn't presented in Zen? And I don't know if that's such a helpful question, but it's been coming up for me. And, um, and but, but seeing in a lot of cases how the slogans, well, it's just presenting it differently and appreciating, but appreciating the, the way that they are pointing to all these different ways of coming at practice of working with ourselves. It's not just Sazen. And we should see that our practice here is not just Sazen. There are a lot of different things that we do, different gates of entry that are offered, that are actually held up. All of the mindfulness practices, liturgy practices, our work practice, places where we're invited to See, what is it to be intimate with this? What is it to come close to this? Seeing in the slogan so many places where, where I see, oh, that's, that's in the precepts. Right? That's something that the precepts have brought my attention to. Not speaking of others' errors and faults, not elevating myself and blaming others actualizing harmony rather than anger. And one thing that I've been appreciating in in the commentaries to the slogans is in a few places seeing an encouragement just to like take an honest look, to reflect. So the slogan about beginning with the most difficult, the strongest defilement first. Well, we have to find that What is that for me? Where do I get stuck most often? Where is it that I need to bring effort 
where I most need to bring effort and attention. So honest reflection, it's meeting ourselves and taking responsibility. This is where I need to work. This is where there is conflict created in my life, tension. Mizumi Roshi also talks about faith, faith in Buddha nature. And he talks about, he has talked about that in each of these four awarenesses. And this really underlies practice. He says, in order to discover your own direction, it is important to have great faith in yourself. Believe that Buddha nature and all kinds of virtues and wisdom are yourself. See yourself as nothing but the very nature of being. Believe that Buddha nature and all kinds of virtues and wisdom are yourself. This is the teaching. This is what we are realizing. But how do we trust this when what we see is our flaws and our mistakes? How do we have faith when our dissatisfaction, our suffering seem inevitable, seem to just be the way things are? We have to have some practice to practice, some faith to practice. Faith in our Buddha nature. We may not know that that's what it is. Faith that change is possible. Mizumi Roshi says, really the beginning and end of our practice is whether we really believe in ourselves as the Buddha. Can we cultivate that? How do we cultivate that as we come to know it directly? The Buddha says, if you practitioners exert meticulous effort, nothing will be difficult to accomplish. Therefore, you should make an effort to practice carefully. For when water flows constantly against a big rock, even a small amount of water will eventually dig out a large hole. What is the effort of water flowing? It can be very strong, but it is just flowing, just flowing constantly, consistently. This made me think of the image of walking in the mist, the practice of walk is walking in, like walking in the mist. It's just barely damp outside. But if we're out walking for time and we keep walking and we keep walking and coming home, we realize that we're wet wet all the way through. How can we trust in the practice of just practicing? Practicing wholeheartedly and putting ourselves, doing the practices where things are most likely to open up, to loosen, trusting that And then just to practice, just keep going. Trust the practices that have been held up by the teachers through time, through generations, 
that are held up by our teachers to learn from observing them. What do they hold up in their own practice? Buddha says, nothing will be difficult to accomplish if we exert meticulous effort. With proper effort, there will be no difficulty. There is no difficulty. Dogen has a teaching where he says, in a practice, we raise the Bodhi mind, we raise our aspiration. We begin with aspiration. We practice. Through practice, we realize. And then we actualize, we bring that into our life. And then we raise the Bodhi mind. We practice. We realize. We actualize. Tadaroshi used to talk about this a lot this spiral of practice, which I always understood to be a, a spiral moving upwards. Maizumi Roshi points out, it could be moving outwards. Is it going? Where is it going? Is it going anywhere? Is that the point? The point is that practice is ongoing. It is endless. It is not about getting somewhere. It just continues. There is realization. And there is bringing that into our life. Just naturally and sometimes deliberately, and we continue. As Maizumi Roshi says in that image of rubbing sticks together, he says, well, what happens when we get fire? We just keep practicing. I wanted to end with the um, the last line from Genjo Koan, Dogen's sort of central teachings, a teaching that's been important to me, a line that kind of lives in me and comes with me sometimes. It says, because the nature of wind is eternally present, the wind of Buddhism actualizes the gold of the earth and ripens the cheese of the long river. You are complete. I am complete. This is the eternally, this is eternally present. Always how it is. The gold of the earth, not other than us. And we have to practice. We have to exert effort. Wherever we are in our practice, whatever's happening today, this is what is, what is here. The whole of our life right here, not trying to get somewhere else. And we practice as well as we can. And the river of our life continually ripens. So again, to end with Dogen, exerting oneself meticulously and unceasingly in various beneficial practices is called meticulous effort. Be precise not careless, proceed forward to not regress. Thank you for listening. To find out more about ZMM's programs, retreats, and residency, 
please visit us online at zmm.org.